اعوذ بالله من الشيطان اللعين الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الذي لا يبلغ مدحته القائلون ولا يحسن عماه العادون ولا يؤدي حقه المجتهدون الذي بعد فلا يرى وقرب فشهد النجوى تبارك وتعالى والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء وخاتم المرسلين وشفيل المضنبين سيدنا ونبينا بالقاسم محمد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى محمد وعلى أهل بيته التيبين الطاهرين المعصومين الذين أظهب الله أنهم رس وطحرهم تطحيرا اللهم صل على محمد وعلى محمد واللانة الدائمة الباقي لعدائهم ومنكر فضائلهم وغاصب حقوقهم من الآن إلى قيام يوم الدين أما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين الله سبحانه وتعالى in surah number 9 ayat 119 he says oh you who believe ittaqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqin fear displeasing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be with the truthful ones <coughs> who are the truthful truthful ones the best application of this label is the prophet of islam sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his ahlul bayt alayhimus salatu wa salam among our 12 imams, there were two who were popularly known as Sadiqain. Sadiqain means two truthful ones. And this refers to the fifth and the sixth imams. And we take pride in being the followers of the Sadiqain. And, when we, and the reason why we say uh, that we take the pride to be among the followers of the Sadiqain because it was the fifth and the sixth imam who spread the teachings of the Ahlul Bayt among the Shias and the Muslims in general. What is known as the school of Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq was established actually by the fifth Imam and further expanded by his son, the sixth Imam. <clears throat> so let me raise this question, why do we prefer the path of Sadiqain? There are many reasons which, which can be given for this preference, but tonight I would like to talk about only one dimension of this topic. We seek the most authentic and direct link to the Prophet of Islam Others go through the channel of the companions, the Sahaba. And when it comes to the Sahaba, some of them are okay, but there are others who are not okay. In our quest to find the channel which was direct and authentic, we found the channel of the Ahlul Bayt to be the most authentic and direct link to the Prophet of Islam. And among the Ahlul Bayt, the Imams of the Ahlul Bayt, those who got the opportunity to share the Prophet's wisdom and knowledge with the Ummah more than others, were the fifth and the sixth Imam, and therefore we follow the Sadiqeen. When we talk about this issue that they were the one who inherited this wisdom and the knowledge of Rasulullah and they spread it among the Ummah, there are different ways of looking at it. How did they get this legacy of, of Rasulullah? 
Besides the oral narration of the prophetic ahadith, which the Imams have presented to us through their ancestors going direct to the Prophet himself, the Imams of Ahlul Bayt also inherited the written documents from their ancestors. Tonight, let me share with you one such document that was with Imam Muhammad al-Baqir which Imam in different situations actually showed to his companion, to those who were trustworthy and close companions of him. There is a book which is known as Sahifat al-Fara'id or sometimes it is called Kitab Ali, the book of Ali or the, um, the, the book of the inheritance. <clears throat> there are actually many, many uh, narrations that we, t we see that this name Kitab Ali has been mentioned, which Imam Muhammad al-Baqir showed to some of his companions. One of these narrations that I would like to share tonight is from Sheikh Kulaini in his book, the famous book of Hadith Al-Kafi. Now it's important to realize that when we, when we talk about this narration, we are not just randomly picking any narration from Usul Al-Kafi. I am present, presenting to you a narration which has been verified as far as the authenticity of the narrators are concerned. For example, Sheikh Kuleli, who lived during the minor occultation, Ghaybat al-Sughra of the Imam of our time, and he, that is the time when he compiled Usul Al-Kafi, he quotes from Ali bin Ibrahim. And Ali ibn, Ali ibn Ibrahim quotes from his father Ibrahim bin Hashim al-Qummi, who narrated it from Muhammad bin Abu Umair, and also from Muhammad bin Isa bin Ubaid, and both of them quote Yunus bin Abdurrahman, who then narrates from Umar ibn Uzaynah, who actually narrates the meeting of, of Zurara bin Ayun, in which, you know, Zurara talks to um, Umar bin Uzayna about this meeting that he had with Imam Muhammad al-Baqir in which the Imam showed to him this document, the written book by Amir al-Mu'minin Ali bin Abi Talib Now in this narration, all the links here from Sheikh Kulaini to Zurara are considered to be those narrators who were reliable and acceptable according to the uh, standard of criticism of the Hadith literature. Zurara actually is a very close companion of Imam Muhammad al-Baqir and he is one of those who was credited with the among some of his uh, companions like Muhammad bin Muslim and others uh, who actually were able to spread the ahadith from of Imam Muhammad al-Baqir among the Shias. Zurara says that once I asked Imam Muhammad al-Baqir about the inheritance of the grandfather. And this is where the issue comes up. And Imam Muhammad al-Baqir responded to him by saying, مَا أَجِدُ أَحَدًا قَالَ فِيهِ إِلَّا بِرَأْيِهِ إِلَّا أَمِيرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ that I have not seen anyone, but that he gives a verdict according to his own personal opinion, with the exception of Amir al-Mu'mineen. Amir al-Mu'mineen would give his opinion according to the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet not based on his own personal inclination and opinion. 
And so Zorana then um, basically is asking the Imam, what was the verdict of Amir al-Mu'mineen? This is where Imam Muhammad al-Baqir says to him, إِذَنْ كَانَ غَدًا فَلْقَنِي حَتَّى أُقْرِئَكَهُ فِي كِتَابٍ Come to me tomorrow so that I can let you read in the book itself. Zurara says to him that, you know, may Allah keep you safe. Please tell me in your own words, because your words are dearer to me than reading from a book. Imam says, Isma ma'aqul lake. You know, listen to what I'm saying to you. Come tomorrow and I'll let you read the verdict of Amir al-Mu'mineen from the book itself. <coughs> so because Imam insisted that I'll, you know, let you know in the book itself, you come tomorrow. So according to Zorara, he says, next, way, next day, I went to the house of the Imam after the Zohar time. He says, this was my usual time of meeting him privately between Zohar and Asr time. Why would you, you know, choose that time to meet the Imam privately? Because he says, I did not like to ask him questions in the public gathering because I was afraid maybe because of presence of the informers of the government in, the, in, in that audience, Imam might, might not give the answer uh, except on the basis of taqiyah. And I wanted to hear his opinion, you know, real opinion on, on that issue. So he would, he, he had this, um, you know, special privilege of meeting the Imam in, in a private gathering between Zuhur and Asr. So he says, I went in, I sat down and Imam turned to his son Ja'far, referring to our sixth Imam. And he said to uh, Ja'far, he said, let Zurara read the Sahifa al-Fara'id, the book of Fara'id means in, in uh, the shares of inheritance. Then the fifth Imam, Imam Muhammad al-Baqir, according to the Zurara, he says he stood up, went away inside, you know, for his siesta, leaving me with his son. He says, so I was left alone there with Jafar, and he got up, went in, and come, he came back with the Sahifa, and when I looked at it, it was uh, like the tie of a camel. He is referring to the physical size of the, of the book, so it was not just a thin book. <clears throat> then Imam, Imam Jafar al-Sadiq actually told Zorara, I will not let you read it unless you give me a pledge in Allah's name, that you will not talk about it with anyone until I allow you to do so. Zorara says it's interesting that, you know, uh, Ja'far bin Muhammad says that until I allow you, he doesn't say until my father allows you. So he says to him that, you know, may Allah keep you safe. Why are you res restricting me while your father didn't do that? And Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq says, you will not be able to see this book except on the condition that I've asked you to adhere to. He says, if that is the case, then I, I promise you that I will not, you know, talk about this book uh, unless I get the uh, approval from you about it. <clears throat> so he says, now Zorara is talking about himself. He says, I was a, a person who was learned in the matters of uh, inheritance and uh, wills. I had an insight in these masail and rulings, and I was familiar with the calculations of the various shares um, of inheritance. And I was always looking for an opportunity that somebody would ask me a question about mirath 
and wasiyya about inheritance and will that I wouldn't be able to answer. But he said, I never found that situation because I always knew the answer to that. So he says, when the uh, when Ja'far ibn Muhammad gave me this the Sahifa, it was a thick book, obviously from the books of the earlier times, by looking at the condition, he says, I read it. And going through it, he says, you know, I found that many, many opinions in there were contrary to the prevalent views among the people, especially referring to the, um, you know, Muslims in general, especially even, even in the issues that we thought there was no uh, points of disagreement. And so both, most of the book was uh, written in that way, he says. Then he talks about what happened next day. He says, next day when uh, I met Al-Baqir, I asked, uh, you know, he asked me, Zurara says, Imam asked me, did you read the Sahifatul Faraid? And he says, yes, I read it. So how did you find uh, what you read? And he says, you know, it was um, actually contrary to the popular opinion of the people on many, many issues. This is where Imam then says to him, O Zurara, what you have seen by Allah is the truth. What you have seen is from the dictation of Allah's Messenger in the handwriting of Ali himself. At that moment, Zurara says, Shaitan came to me and insinuated in my mind the thought that how does he know that this is the dictation of Allah's Messenger and the handwriting of Ali bin Abi Talib. This is where Zurara says that this was only a thought which came to my mind from the shaitan. I didn't even say anything about it. But he says, Imam turned towards me and he said, Ya Zurara, la tashukkanna do not let the will of shaitan put you in doubt. By Allah, you have entertained doubt in this matter. Imam then says to him further, How would I not know that this is the dictation of Allah's messenger and handwriting of Ali? Why would I not know that? وَقَدْ حَدَّثَرِ أَبِي أَنْ جَدِّي أَنَّ أَمِيرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ حَدَّثَهُ ذَلِكَ Why would I not know that? Because my father Zainul Abidin told me from his father Hussein that Amir al-Mu'mineen told him about this. That this is the imla, the dictation of Rasulullah and my own handwriting. Salawat. <coughs> This is where Zurara now, you know, felt a little bit ashamed there uh, for having this uh, doubt because of the shaitan. He uh, apologizes to the imam. And this is where we see that, you know, he always used to then regret the opportunity to read that book more carefully. He says, I had a good memory. And there are narrations later on between Umar bin uh, Uzayna. Uh, his companion, who actually then would go to Zurara and said, you know, uh, on this ruling, what is the uh, of inheritance, what is the ruling? And he would say, 
this ruling is right and this it would refer to the book of Amir al-Mu'minin that he saw in the house of Imam Muhammad al-Baqir alayhi salatu wasalam. So this is just one example from the life of Imam Muhammad al-Baqir alayhi salatu wasalam in which he showed the writing of Imam Ali to some of his trusted companions. And there are many, many narrations like this. And in this link of the Imam, especially the Sadiqain to the Prophet's leg leg legacy, this link cannot be meshed with anything else which is found through other channels. After all, the Prophet himself says, in Nitarikum Fikum Mustaqalain, I am living too precious things among you, the book of Allah and my family, my Ahlul Bayt. Salawat <clears throat> Now, how did these documents reach to Imam Muhammad al-Baqir and then to Imam Muhammad, uh, Imam Ja'far al-Sariq alayhi salatu wasalam? How did this Sahifa, for example, Sahifa al-Fara'id or Kitab Ali, and other similar doc documents, what was the mode of uh, you know, transferring from one generation to another? Again, we go to Sheikh Kulaini in another narration from Ali bin Ibrahim al-Qummi, where through other narrators going back all the way to a companion of Amir al-Mu'minin by the name of Sulaim bin Qais. Sulaim bin Qais says, I was a witness when Amir al-Mu'mineen made his final official will in the presence of the elders of the Shias in Kufa, Kufa. this is after the Zarbat and before the Shahadat. The actual words of Sulaim is that I witnessed the will of Amir al-Mu'mineen when he appointed his son al-Hasan as his successor as his wasi and he made al-Hussein and Muhammad ibn Hanafiya and his other sons and the elders of his Shia uh, community and his family as witnesses to his will. And among those who were there to witness that will was Sulaim bin Qais himself. So he narrates. So Imam made this will to uh, Imam Hassan salam that you are my wasi, you are my successor. And then he gave him the book and the armor of Rasulullah. Then he says, Hassan. Then Amir al-Mu'minin said to his son, Hassan, Ya Bunayya, Amarani Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, an usiya ilayka, wa an adfa'a ilayka kutubi wa silahi. O my son, the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded me that I should make the will in your favor and hand over my books and my armor to you. Just as the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made me the wasi and the successor and handed over his books and his armor to me. And this is very interesting now. Amir al-Mu'minin says to Imam Hassan, that Rasulullah, when he handed this all these things to me, 
He commanded me an amuruka iva havaraka al-maut an tadfa'aha ila akhik al-Husayn. That when death comes to you, O Hassan, Rasulullah ordered me to tell you that at that moment you should hand over these things to your brother Hussein. ثُمَّ أَقْبَلَ عَلَىٰ إِبْنِهِ الْحُسَيْنِ Then Sulaym bin Qais says that Amir al-Mu'mineen then turned towards his son Hussein. And he says, وَعَمَرَكَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ أَن تَدْفَعْهَا إِلَىٰ إِبْنِكَ هَذَا To Hussein, Ali ibn Abi Talib says that Rasulullah has ordered you that when your final time comes, at that time hand over these things to your son, this one, referring to Imam Zainul Abidin, who was very young at that time at the Shahadat of Amir al-Mu'mineen. ثُمَّ أَخَضَ بِيَدِي عَلِي بِنْ الْحُسَيْنِ Then Amir al-Mu'mineen, you know, asked Ali ibn al-Husayn, Imam Zainul Abideen, a small child, to come to him. He got hold of his hand. He caught his hand there and he says, وَأَمَرَكَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ أَن تَدْفَعْهَا إِلَىٰ إِبْنِكَ مُحَمَّدْ بِنْ عَلِي Rasulullah has ordered you that when your last moments come, O Ali ibn al-Husayn, that you should hand over these books and the armor to your son Muhammad bin Ali, who is not even born as, as yet. And then Amir al-Mu'minin says to Imam Zain al-Abideen, وَأَقْرِئُهُ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَمِنِّ السَّلَامِ And convey Rasul Salam and my Salam to your son Muhammad bin Ali, alayhi salatu wa salam. Salawat, brother. The beauty of this narration from Sulaim bin Qais coming through authentic uh, chain of narrators from Kulaini all the way to Sulaim bin Qais is, is that when we talk about this concept of wasiyah, especially, you know, making the will and appointing a successor, one generation to the next one, we see from Rasulullah to Amir al-Mu'mineen, from Amir al-Mu'mineen to Hassan, from Hassan to Hussein, Hussein to Ali Zain al-Abideen, from Ali Zain al-Abideen to Muhammad al-Baqir. Now all these basically is based on this statement of Amir al-Mu'mineen. And this is important to keep in mind that this is one of the very powerful, you know, proofs when we talk about the authenticity of the authority given given to the Imams of Ahlul Bayt. And we see the names here very clearly all the way to the name of Imam Muhammad al-Baqir alayhi salatu wasalam. And this issue of, you know, Rasulullah and um, Amir al-Mu'mineen asking Ali Zainul Abideen to convey our salams to your son, this is not only through this hadith, even when you look at the example of Jabir bin Abdullah Ansari, one of the longest living um, companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even he was told by Rasulullah that, oh Jabir, you will live so long that you will see the son of Ali ibn al-Husayn. And, and this is where, you know, referring to the grandson of Hussein. And when you see him, convey my salams to him. And so when, when you look at the, the name of uh, Imam Muhammad al-Baqir, this is something which has come 
from the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself. And so this is where we come to realize, you know, that when we talk about the ahadith uh, of the Ahlul Bayt, especially when we talk about Sadiqain, Imam Muhammad al-Baqir, Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq al-Islam, you know, this is the channel which is most authentic and direct to the Sunnah and the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There is no other channel which is that much reliable, authentic and direct. And that is why we prefer that. You know, actually, um, Imam Muhammad al-Baqir in one of the statements, more than once he actually says, If I narrate a hadith to you, فَلَمْ أُسْنِدُهُ And I don't give you the source or the chain of narrators, فَسَنَدِي Then you can just assume that my source in this hadith is Abi from my father, Ali Zainullah Abideen. And Jaddi from my grandfather, grandfather Hussein bin Ali. And Abi from his father Ali bin Abi Talib. And Jaddi from Hussein's grandfather Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then Imam Muhammad al-Baqir doesn't stop here. He says, you know, if that statement is from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then it comes from Jibreel. And Jibreel doesn't just come from himself. It is from Anillaha azza wa jal. It is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the ahadith that we are talking about, the ahadith of Imam Muhammad al-Baqir alayhi salam and his son Imam Jafar al-Sadiq, these are basically the ahadith which can be connected back to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself. Imam Muhammad al-Baqir alayhi salatu wa salam ke salsalay mein aur is majlis mein humne sirf do baaton ko aapke samne humne pesh kiya hai ek us kitab ke bare mein jo Rasulullah ke dictation ki buniyad par hai aur Amir al-Mu'minin ne apne khat mein usko likha hai aur ye ek source tha jise hum kehte hain ke خداوند عالم نے اہل بیت کو نوازا تھا علم سے مختلف طریقے سے اس میں سے ایک یہ تھا کہ ریٹن ڈاکیومنٹس بھی جو امیر المؤمنین کے پاس تھے رسول اللہ سے یہ بیسکلی نسلن بعد نسلن آئمہ کے سلسلے میں یہ آتے رہے ہیں اور یہ کیوں نہ ہوں یہ ہمارے لیے در حقیقت وہ خانوادہ ہے جسے خداوند عالم نے سیلیکٹ کیا ہے خداوند عالم نے سورہ آل عمران کی آیت نمبر 33 اور 34 میں ارشاد فرمایا ہے ان اللہ اصطفى عادم و نوحا و آل ابراہیم و آل عمران علی العالمین کہ یقینا خداوند عالم نے جب انتخاب کی بات ہوئی استفاء کی بات ہوئی سلیکشن کی بات ہوئی چوزنگ کی بات ہوئی تو اس وقت خداوند عالم نے عادم کو پہلا رہنما کے حیثیت سے منتخب کیا اور اس کے بعد نوح کا نام آتا ہے اور نوح کے بعد پھر خداوند عالم نے ایک فرد کی بات نہیں کی ہے خاندان کی بات کی ہے فیملی کی بات کی ہے آل ابراہیم آل ابراہیم میں بھی ہر فرد نہیں بلکہ ان میں جو مخصوص ہے جو آل عمران میں سے ہیں اتفاق سے آل عمران کا عنوان دونوں خاندان میں ہیں اسماعیل کے خاندان میں بھی ہے اسماعیل اور اسحاق دونوں کے خاندان میں ہیں کہ خداوند عالم نے تمام لوگوں پر ان لوگوں کو سیلیکٹ کیا ہے رہبری کے لیے لیڈرشپ کے لیے امامت کے لیے 
اور گائیڈنس کے لیے ضروریتاً بعضها من بعض یہ در حقیقت رشتے میں مل جڑے ہوئے ہیں ایک دوسرے کے ساتھ واللہ سمیون علیم خدا وند عالم ہر بات کو سنتا ہے اور ہر بات سے واقف ہے امام محمد الباقر علیہ السلام اسی منتخب شدہ خانوادہ کی ایک فرد ہیں اور خدا وند عالم نے انہیں خاص لطف سے نوازا تھا جسے ہم عصمت و تہارت کہتے ہیں انفیلیبلٹی کہتے ہیں اور علم کے ساتھ نوازا تھا یاد رکھیں کہ ان کو جو علم دیا گیا تھا یہ صرف ظاہری نہیں تھا بلکہ ان کے پاس وہ علم تھا جسے ہم علم غیب بھی کہتے ہیں زرارہ کے اس واقعے میں اگر آپ نے نوٹس کیا ہو کہ جب زرارہ کو امام نے کہا کہ یہ کتاب جو ہے املا اور رسول اللہ و خط علی کہ رسول اللہ کے املا اور ڈکٹیشن سے لکھی گئی ہے اور علی کے ہینڈ رائٹنگ میں لکھی گئی ہے اس وقت شیطان نے زرارہ کے دماغ میں ایک شک پیدا کر دیا اور زرارہ کو شک ہوا کہ امام کو کس طرح سے معلوم کہ یہ رسول اللہ کا ڈکٹیشن ہے اور علی کے کا خط ہے یہ ان کی رائٹنگ ہے اس وقت زرارہ نے کچھ کہا نہیں صرف سوچا اپنے دل دماغ میں اور امام محمد باقر نے اس ان کے چہرے کو دیکھ کے کہتے ہیں کہ تم نے شک کیا ہے اور تمہارا شک شیطان کی وجہ سے ہے شک مت کرو بلکہ ہم یقین کی بنیاد پہ یہ کہتے ہیں کہ اس لیے کہ میرے بابا نے کہا ہے انہوں نے اپنے بابا سے سنا ہے اور انہوں نے علی سے ڈائریکٹلی سنا ہے جنہوں نے کہا ہے کہ یہ املاء رسول اللہ اور ہمارے خط سے ہم نے اسے لکھا ہے تو اس کا مطلب یہ ہے کہ امام کو خدا وند عالم نے وہ صلاحیت دی تھی وہ علم دیا تھا کہ وہ اپنے اصحاب کے دلی باتوں سے بھی واقف ہو سکیں جو کچھ یہ سوچتے تھے جو خیالات ان کے دل میں آتے تھے اور یہ وہ فضیلت ہے جو ایکوائر نہیں کی جاتی ہے یو کین ناٹ لرن فرام اسکول یہ بلکہ یہ خدا وند عالم کا کرم ہے جسے وہ چاہتا ہے دیتا ہے اور اس لیے اسی بنیاد پر آپ دیکھتے ہیں کہ دشمن جو ہیں جتنے بھی پاور فل ہو گئے حکومت ان کے ہاتھ میں آ گئی دولت ان کے ہاتھ میں آ گئی معاشرے کا کنٹرول ان کے ہاتھ میں آ گیا لیکن ان کے پاس یہ طاقت نہیں تھی کہ ائمہ اہل بیت کو جو فضیلتیں خدا وند عالم نے عصمت اور علم کی دی ہے اسے ان سے چھین سکیں اور ان دونوں جو چیزوں کے سامنے وہ ایک لحاظ سے شکست مان لیتے تھے اور لہٰذا وہ حسد کی آگ اتنی بھڑکتی تھی کہ یہ ارادہ کرتے تھے کہ انہیں ختم کر دیا جائے لیکن واقعات کربلا کے بعد انہوں نے دیکھ لیا کہ اہل بیت کو ظاہری طور پہ ہم ختم نہیں کر سکتے ہیں لہٰذا ہمیشہ سازش کے ذریعے اور زہر کے استعمال بہت عام ہو چکا تھا اور امام محمد باقر علیہ السلام کے سلسلے میں بھی وہی ظلم ہوا ہے ذلحج کا مہینہ تھا جب امام کو زہر دیا گیا ہے اور اسی زہر کی وجہ سے امام کی شہادت واقع ہوئی ہے سات ذلحجہ کے دن جب ہم لوگ اس مسئلے کو دیکھتے ہیں کہ امام کے جب وفات کے وقت قریب آتا ہے زہر کے آثار بالکل ظاہر ہو چکے تھے جو وسیعت امام نے کی ہیں اپنے بیٹے جعفر صارق علیہ السلام سے اس میں ایک وسیعت یہ تھی کہ بیٹا ہم نے کچھ رقم جو ہے مخصوص کیا ہے یہ جیسے ہماری یہاں ول میں ون تھرڈ کی بات ہم لوگ کرتے ہیں تو امام کہتے ہیں کہ کچھ رقم ہم نے 
مخصوص کیا ہے کہ تم جو ہے دس سال تک حج کے موسم میں منا میں خصوصاً جب منا میں لوگ حاجی رہتے ہیں دو یا تین دن کے لیے تو وہاں جو ہیں کچھ مرثیہ پڑھنے والیوں کو تم اجرت دینا ہدیہ دینا تاکہ یہ میری مصیبت کو یاد کر کے دس سال تک حج کے موسم میں ٹین ایئرز ڈورنگ دا سیزن آف دی حج یہ مرثیہ پڑھیں اور مجھے یاد کریں عجیب غریب بات ہے کہ امام محمد باقر علیہ السلام نے یہ وصیت کیوں کی کسی اور امام کے بارے میں اس طرح کی وصیت نظر نہیں آتی ہے وہ بھی ایک امام دوسرے امام سے اس ٹائپ کی وصیت کریں عجب نہیں کہ جب اس وصیت کے بارے میں ہم نے پڑھنا شروع کیا اور اس پر سوچنا شروع کیا بس ایک بات ذہن میں ہمارے آ رہی تھی کہ امام کربلا میں اینی گواہ تھے آئی وٹنس تھے ان معاملات کے اور امام نے در حقیقت پانچ سال کے سن میں ان مظالم کو دیکھا ہے جو عاشور کے دن حسین اور حسین کے اصحاب اور گھر والوں پہ ہوئے ہیں ازدار حسین جب بچپنے میں کوئی ٹریجک واقعے کو دیکھتا ہے تو اس ایج میں جو ہے اس کمسنی کی وجہ سے وہ مصائب کے مناظر جو ہے ذہن میں نقش بن جاتے ہیں کبھی بھی وہ بھول نہیں سکتا ہے کربلا کے دل دن کے جو مظالم تھے امام محمد باقر علیہ السلام کبھی ہم بھول نہ سکے بلکہ لگتا یہی ہے کہ زندگی کے آخری مرحلے تک امام کے ذہن میں وہ تصویریں موجود تھی کہ جب ان کے بابا جب بھی حسین پر یاد کو یاد کر کے روتے تھے کس طرح سے اذیت دی جاتی تھی نیزے کے ذریعے تازیانے کے ذریعے عجب نہیں کہ امام محمد باقر علیہ السلام کے ذہن میں وہ مناظر ابھی بھی آ رہے ہوں گے کہ کس طرح سے ان کی پھپھی سکینہ کمسنی کے باوجود اتنے وہ ظلم کا شکار بنتی ہے صرف اس لیے کہ وہ اپنے بابا کو یاد کرتی تھی صرف اس لیے کہ اپنے وہ چچا کو یاد کرتی تھی بس امام محمد باقر علیہ السلام کی خدمت میں صرف اتنا کہیں گے کہ مولا وہ مظالم بہت تھے اور آخر وقت آپ کے ذہن میں یہ باتیں تھیں کہ وہاں شہدا پر روکنے کو یاد کر کے جب گھر والے روتے تھے تو ان کو تازیانے مارا جاتے تھے لہذا غالباً اسی لیے آپ نے دس سال کے لیے یہ ازا کا سلسلہ حج کے موسم میں آپ نے مناقض کیا ہے تاکہ آپ کی مصیبت کو اور آپ کی مظلومیت کو لوگ یاد رکھیں لیکن اے امام آپ کا جنازہ پھر بھی احترام کے ساتھ اٹھا تھا اور آپ کو جنت البقی میں جا کے احترام کے ساتھ دفن کر دیا گیا ایک وہ وقت آیا بھی کہ وہاں مرقت بنایا گیا لیکن امام جب ہم مدینہ جاتے ہیں دیکھتے ہیں کہ رسول اللہ کا روزہ جو ہے بڑا چراغا ہے وہاں روشنی بھی ہے لوگ جاتے ہیں وہاں زیارت کرنے کے لیے لیکن چند قدم ادھر پہنچنے کے بعد جب جنت البقی میں جاتے ہیں ابھی بھی آپ کے مرقت پہ وہ مظلومیت کے آثار نظر آتے ہیں کہ کس طرح سے دشمنان اہل بیت نے ہر دور میں اور ہر ہر عصر میں جو ہے آپ پر مصائب کے پہاڑ جو ہے آپ پر گرائے ہیں خدا وندہ اس عبادت کو قبول فرما جہاں جہاں شیعہ شیعہ نے علی ہیں ان کو اپنے حفظ امان میں رکھ خدا وندہ
کرونا وائرس کی جو مصیبت ہے اس کے تمام منفی اثرات سے سب لوگوں کو محفوظ رکھ خدا وندرشیوں کو تکفیری افواج اور ان کے سازشوں سے دور رکھ امام کے ظہور میں تعجل فرما ربنا تقبل منکنت سمیون علیم